0: All right, so over the past few weeks, we've been on the place settled now. I can see someone, you know, just, just, let's give you a few seconds. Someone is looking for their remote, so let's give you a few seconds. Someone wants to get some water from the, from the kitchen. Can do that very quickly. I can see you. Some of you don't believe. I can actually see you. Glory to God. If I want to scare you a bit, I can tell you what you are wearing, all right? But we are not here to be scared. We are here to be edified. Glory to God. All right, so over the past few weeks, I was joking, all right, but maybe I was not joking. Over the past few weeks, we've been on the conversation, first principles, first principles unveiling the principles of the doctrine of Christ. We've been looking at the foundational alphabets, ABCs. Many of us have become born again, launched into church, and we just, it was a wave, and you just caught up on the wave, not paying attention to the foundations. And by the grace of God, we've covered some distance. We're actually winding down a bit. Let's go to our texts, or our texts so far in this conversation. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. I read all the way to verse 49 it says and why call ye me lord this is jesus speaking it says why are you referring to me as lord lord it it, it, it's not just the title it has implications you can't just call me lord why call ye me lord lord and you do not do the things which i say it says whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them i will show you whom is like that that's i know we've read this every week every week it's new, it's fresh. It says, if I'm really Lord, you will not just hear me, you will do the things I say. Hmm. This one who hears and does is like a man who, or a person, all right, was built the house and dug deep and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded Upon a rock. It says, but he that hears and does not do, I will show you who that one also is like. It says, that person built their foundation upon earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently. And immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. I'm taking this opportunity once again to speak over your life, to speak over your family, to speak over the works of your hands, that you will be a well-built life. You will be a well-built family. Yours will be one founded upon a rock, unshakable, unmovable. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. All right. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12, we're really going to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and verse 2. It says, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need of one to teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become ones who need milk and not strong meat. It says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. That one is a babe. That person has refused to grow. Hmm. It says, But strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hmm. Hmm. So flip. flip to chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Can someone just say that with me? Let us go on to perfection. Especially now that we are tying up the series, let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. part one. We've done that by God's grace. Faith toward God, part two. We've done that by God's grace. The doctrine of baptisms, we've done that by God's grace. Laying on of hands, we've done that by God's grace. Resurrection of the dead, what a time we had last week. And today, eternal judgment. Eternal judgment. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the anointing of your spirit upon the word. Thank you for utterance. Thank you because we are changed. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God I want to encourage you, if you are just tuning in, you are just joining us, for those who have been with us from part one, congratulations. You are now grounded in the foundations. Please, all of us together, including myself, let us make it a duty to go back and consolidate these truths until they are established in our hearts. Not just facts and information, but established as truth. They've they've sunk to a place of becoming conviction deep down in your heart where it's now unshakable. All right, let's do that. And if you are just tuning in, joining us, please stay attentive. You will be blessed. But you will also do well to go back and revisit to unveil the entire conversation. Glory to God. Of all the topics in this foundation series... The least popular that many do not want to have a conversation about is the conversation of judgment. That is because scripture reveals God to us and his nature. The nature of God and his motive is love. And that is true in eternity. God was love. God is love. God forever is love. But true love has dimensions that many of us struggle to to relate with because the concept of love has been abused and adulterated in our world. Many people hear love and they remember that person that said, I love you and ended up destroying that life. So love as a concept has been adulterated, but it doesn't change the fact that God is love and is the perfect epitome of what true love is. And part of the facets of love is righteousness. Hmm. And one of the principles of righteousness is justice. It was Abraham having a conversation with his friend, the Lord Almighty. And he said, Shall the judge of the whole earth not judge righteously? Part of his prerogative is ensuring justice. And this is a conversation many believers don't want to have. Please, I want to encourage, by God's grace, we are not going to rush this part. We've given just one week to every part so far. Eternal judgment, please, I implore you, we'll give it two weeks. We don't want to rush this because an accurate understanding of this will redefine the way you live your Christian life. All right, let's go into the Word. Psalm chapter 9, verse 7 and verse 8, we are discussing eternal judgment as one of the foundational principles of the doctrine of... Of Christ, Psalm chapter nine, verse seven and verse eight. If you've noticed, we've picked our texts usually from the Old Covenant, and that's a strong message to someone that God is not is not just stumbling into these thoughts. There have been His ideas from the very Christ was not an afterthought. He had, He says, "This Lamb of God was slain from the foundations." Psalm chapter nine, verse seven to verse eight. Psalms chapter 9, verse 7 to verse 8. It says, But the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. Thrones in scripture are symbolic of administrations of governments. Administrations of governments, a place where there is a dictation as, as to ensure judgment. It says that he has prepared his throne. He has prepared his throne. You can you can bank on this. He says, "The Lord shall endure forever." It, this is really the concept of eternal. He it says, "It's that." You might say, "Oh, they've been saying this thing for years, for years." It's, you relax. Verse eight. It says, "And he shall judge the world in righteousness." Hmm. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Is that in your Bible? Is that in your Bible? So we see clearly from Scripture that the concept of judgment is is part of his nature, is an offshoot of his love that he will judge. Mm. Please open your hearts this evening. I do not want to rush at all because if you hear clearly, there is deliverance coming to someone this evening. There is deliverance coming to someone this evening. Mm. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And I want you to open your hearts this evening to receive God's word as we begin to unveil the judgments that are eternal. In it. What it really means is that judgments that what the past has eternal consequence the offshoot of it in the law courts and in the systems of the world it doesn't whether you are guilty whether you are acquitted whether you spend life in imprisonment or whether it's just parole or bail is granted it ends here it essentially ends here it says but there is another kind of judgment that has it, it has eternal consequence i would think you and i should pay attention to this this is not a life sentence this is an eternal sentence so this is really the crux of the matter that we should understand this, allow it to sink in. Now, hear me, child of God. We are going to talk about, if, God, if the Lord permits, just today, alone, we'll pick just one. But over this week and next week, as we discuss eternal judgment, trusting the Lord, that we will talk about three. Essentially, I want to focus on the one that is relevant to you. The, the book of Hebrews, these conversations are essentially for believers. So I really want to focus on the judgment for believers because there's going to be judgment of the nations and there's going to be the great white throne judgment. It is good for you and I to know about it, but as believers, it is important for us to know about the judgment for the believer. And I'm just going to put it here right now. Before we get into this conversation, if you are saved, if you are born again, All right let's let's put it this way we have an adversary that is working round the clock over time to ensure that as many dele- as many people as possible join him in that place that has been prepared for for the devil and his courts no it was not made for anyone created in the image of god but we have an adversary that is working over time hear me and part of the, the tools in, in the enemy's toolbox is ignorance and deception. Ignorance at, at all levels. It doesn't matter who you are, how long. it does. There is, there is ignorance for every level and there is deception for every level. The same old tricks from the book. And I see it at play today in the life of the average believer. The enemy has brought in doctrines from hell And as pioneered ideas and thoughts, they are a mix of ignorance and deception. Such that you have believers who are born again, who have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, who have received eternal life, and they still wake up wondering whether they will make heaven or not. We've done a teaching on this. It's called Absolutely Sure. Before we go into this conversation about... Because if we don't settle this, today's teaching will build fear. And <clears throat> scripture tells us that there are those who rejoice at the hope of his coming. When we think of this, it will, it will elicit joy, not fear. And the reason why many have these conversations with, with, <laughs> with this kind of, of trepidation is because the enemy has he, he's told them that this thing you are not sure Hmm. there's something called the assurance of salvation for the believer saved who has received the life of god who is born again you know there are so many fakes so you hear things like are you really truly genuinely born again guess what when a child is born is either that child is born or that child is not born we don't say, have you child have you truly been born but i get that concept because so many fakes so many imposters some have been planted deliberately by the deceiver to lie to many i have believers who are not sure you have believers praying saying father please when you come i don't want to miss heaven i don't want to miss heaven that is not the right prayer point you if you are born hear me clearly if you are born again you are not missing heaven your real priority should be our conversation today that there is a judgment for the believer I don't me scratch that there is a seat that we will stand before. It's a judgment seat for the believer, and the outcome of that verdict is not go to hell, no, it is for rewards. If you are not born again, if you are not born again, please hear the mind of the spirit. It doesn't end here. There is eternity and there is eternal judgment glory to god somebody say glory to god all right so the first judgment we want to discuss is the judgment seat of christ in this series i said this was it last week or two weeks ago i've deliberately not told us about the greek words but for today please permit me to just mention this because you might stumble into it somewhere and it will click that this is the one for the believer This is the one for the believer and it is not for condemnation, it is for rewards. This is the one for the believer, it is not for condemnation, it is for rewards. This is the one for the believer. It is not for condemnation. It is for rewards. This is what the understanding of this drives us. Yeah, no, no, you've left You've left that school of fear of I am going, I am not going. You've settled that. I am secure in him. I am secure in his love. Now I have leveraged that understanding and I'm investing in his kingdom because I know I will stand before him at the judgment seat and I will give accounts and he will reward me. That, is the, that should be the priority of the believer. Will this, this activity now, this investment, this use of my time now, will it bring any form of reward? If the answer is yes, I will do it gladly unto the Lord. If the answer is no, it has no eternal consequence, you won't find me there. This is really what sponsors dead works. All right. So the first one is the judgment seat of Christ. That key word is Bema. It's called the Bema Seed. Be, seat, B-E-M-A trying to avoid giving us technical words but you might hear this. I want you, whenever you come across or you are studying your Bible and you see the judgment seat. Judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. We'll give account. We'll give account and it is unto reward. We'll give account of our works. We'll give account of our talents. we we'll give account of our finances we'll give account of our works this is all scripture we'll go into it shortly we give account of our talents we give account of our finances next week by God's grace we'll touch a bit on the judgment of the nations and the great white throne judgment just so this is is called foundational so you know it and you know what is going to happen to sinners you know what is the destiny of the unbeliever and it will inspire compassion in you so that when we say let's go out for evangelism, there is purpose to it. But for you, if, if there's anything I want you to live with, I want you to hold on to this. If you are saved, if you are born again in Christ, your prayer is not, Father, let, let me make heaven. Your prayer is, Father, when I stand before you, let it be with the confidence that by your grace, I have done your will and there is a reward waiting for me. That judgment seat is for reward. It is not for condemnation. For many people, we are, what I'm saying now is deleting years of religion and things we've been told that will get to heaven. And you know, Jesus will just remember one lie you told in primary school and he will just fling you to hell. What what I'm saying now is struggling with someone's heart. Please, you need the assurance of salvation to live a victorious life as a believer. So, he's saying, "Peter is hammering this thing." I know why I'm hammering this because it took some of us time to break free from religion. And you will not enter into the inheritance if you are still struggling with the fear of being accepted. It says, (laughs) being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. Let this be your consciousness. God is pleased with me. God sees me. sees the righteousness of God. It, It is no doubt that I'm going to be with him in his presence. But I shall know that I will stand before him in judgment. Second Corinthians, if you are writing, please write. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I will read from verse 6 to 10. Remember, this was a letter written to the church, and this was a letter written to believers. And just in case you are saying, yes, he wrote to believers, but he also discussed other things that referred to other people, you will see Paul using the word we. It, meaning, it means, or meaning, that he reckoned himself as part of this group. So this is double confirmation that what we're about to read is for believers. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 6. It says, therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, so that's like saying, on this side of eternity, we are absent from the Lord. It doesn't mean we don't carry his presence, but it means we have not engaged that other side of eternity. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, And to be present with the Lord. Can somebody say that with me? We are confident. Hmm. Some are still processing this. Don't worry. Let your convictions not be built on the thoughts of a man, but on scripture. Somebody say we are confident. What Paul is really saying here is that you need an assurance of your salvation. We are confident. That blood was good enough. That short prayer I said, it is true that I received his life. By faith. This is not sight now. I didn't shriek. I didn't roll. Maybe some of us literally cried at the altar. But indeed, if something took place in your heart and you received that gift of eternal life, you can be confident that it is real blood, original blood that was shed for you and the Father is pleased. It says we are confident. Verse 9. Having this confidence, we now labor. I hope someone is getting the thought. We are not saved because of our works. It is not our labor that gives us the confidence. It is our faith in Christ that gives us that confidence and that assurance of salvation. Now, having settled that assurance and having peace with God, we now labor. So we are not doing the works to be saved or to please God. But having been saved and God being pleased, he now graces us to do works. Because we will stand before him to give account of what we did with his precious investment and with his precious sacrifice. It says, wherefore we labor, that whether we be present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Hmm. Verse 10, which is where we are going to this evening. Verse 10. It says, for we must. Hmm. He's saying this is sure. Remember what you read in Psalms. The Lord endures forever. He has prepared a throne for judgment. We must, we believers, believers, we must all Appear before the judgment seat. Hmm. If you had someone who understood Greek, read this in the original Greek, they immediately get this. It's a reward bench. It's, it's the, well, today's modern Olympics, we have first, second, third, you know, more, we have more podiums, or is it podia, than we have a is, is, is seat for reward. It, it's a foot space, it can only take one person. It will be individual. It, will be, it won't be church by church. It won't be general overseer. It won't be PD. Can I see line before PD? No, no. Every believer that Christ shed his blood for, we will all stand before the judgment seat. This is the one for believers. It is not for condemnation. Remember, it is for rewards. You know, someone is hearing this and is saying, hmm, if you are saying, I'm, I'm, I'm already in heaven, then I'm fine. Why am I stressing? What do, what, what do I want to do with rewards? Be careful what you say. Be careful what you wish for. We are talking of eternity here. You know, scripture tells us that heaven, as we know, as we know it will pass away. The earth will pass away. There will be proceeding out of God, a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, and a new earth. The rewards will count eternally. Hmm. And this is the real deal. Everything we are doing on this side is not the real, it is the temporary deal. I hope someone is listening with the ear of the spirit. It says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive. Can you see that? So this is not cast into, no, this is, Everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. We're going to define what that means. But it says we must all appear before this bema seat, before this judgment seat. We are going to stand before Christ. And you're going to give account. You're going to tell him, I got born again. And this is what I did with the gift of salvation. I don't know if this thought... <laughs> This is what should power the believer. Not fear of, will I make it, will I not make it. Settle that, have settled the assurance of salvation. Get, it says, we labor, knowing this, being confident, we labor. Having been saved, we can now begin to bring works. Many people are distracted. They are running their own agenda on earth and they forget that we will stand before the master and we'll give account for rewards. For rewards. For rewards. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. So I told us we'll be rewarded. Our works will be judged. Our engracements, talents, endowments of God's spirit. Remember what we discussed in the series, Grace Multiplied. Spiritual blessings, supernatural abilities, divine exemptions. We'll be judged. This Master, who entrusted things to you and with the expectation that you would multiply so that he can come not to close you up to reward. Hmm. It's making sense now. It's making sense now. Somebody say, Glory to God! Somebody say, Glory to God! First Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 3, first Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 to 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 to 15. It says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So it's saying that this is the entry point is your salvation, being saved. Settle that you are saved. Have confidence in that you are born again. Have confidence in that your eternal destination is agreed upon. It says, but having sorted this foundation, there is something called building. There is something called building. It says, if any man builds upon this foundation, we'll break this down shortly, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, Hey. Stubble. Hmm. Please note verse 12. We'll come back to it shortly. Verse 13 says, Every man's work, PD's work, your work, your general overseer's work, all of us, every man's work shall be made manifest. What that means is that everything we did will be revealed. It will be uncovered. Hmm it says for the day shall declare it. Is that in your bible somebody say the day if you have a good bible that day is not just spelled regular day it has d in caps it's a special day the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire if you want to understand this revealed by fire you can you can you can Fast forward quickly to the book of Revelation chapter 1 in the vision that John saw of Jesus and he saw his eyes flaming there. So what he's saying is that Jesus will look and he will unveil everything in that judgment seat. It's it's going to be in close proximity. It's a a foot space. If you tell a Greek person, Bema, they know what you're talking about. B-E-M-A. They know it's a foot space for rewards. You will come before your maker. And those flaming eyes of fire will unveil everything. What did you do with the gospel? What did you do with the gospel? What did you trade with the talents? Hmm. It says, if any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, and we know the ones that will abide. He's saying gold will abide. We will talk about what gold is shortly. It says, if it's silver, it will abide. If it's precious stones, it will abide. If it is wood, it won't abide. If it is hay, it won't abide. If it is stubble, you know what that means? It, it means no matter how much we clap for you on earth, no matter how much we claim your impact and your ministry and your life as a Christian is on earth, if all you are producing is wood, hay, and stubble, it says you will, let let me show you what it says in verse 15. It says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. He himself shall be saved. So can you see that this is really a conversation for reward? You'll be saved with no reward, yet as so by fire. I don't think I want that to be me we are not talking of 5 years 10 years 20 years life we are not even talking of life as we know life we are talking of eternity when i know i can i can i can make a decision today by his spirit knowing that the grace is available for me today i believe if every every everywhere we can focus on teaching this to the believer that being saved rest assured in christ that his blood is good enough for you not your works Having been saved and setting that assurance of salvation, it's now time for us to get to work. Because there is a day of reckoning, a day where we will stand before, a day where we will give account a time for rewards. Only gold will be rewarded. Only silver will be rewarded. Only precious stones will be rewarded. Wood, a stubble will be burnt off. and it will be, you did nothing. You have no rewards. You, you, you can stay here. But you have no rewards. You have no rewards. You remember, these are foundational topics. Someone is saying, so what will happen to people that have no rewards? That is, that is no more. There's no more first principles. The, the, that curriculum and it's in scripture. That curriculum, we can discuss it. Jesus, let me not just say it's in scripture and send you about. It's in the gospels. It's in the sayings of Jesus. He talked about it. He talked about it. Have you thought about it? Saints giving up their lives, giving up their time, giving up their resources, and they will just stroll into heaven. You two will just thrill into heaven. And all of us will just be there. It defies the concept of righteousness. And God is righteous. And that is still his love at play. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So everything you do, everything I do, our works, our deployment of the gifts of God in our lives, and our stewardship of finance. With Jesus, spent a lot of time talking about, we will give account. We will give account. You will give account. Whether you accept it or not, we will give account. Hmm. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, this is a man that has understanding of this thing. And this was what inspired the, the exploits that these guys did in the kingdom. Some of them will be flogged. This, this is how you can be flogged and you can go back rejoicing because they are conscious of the reward. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16, it says, holding forth the word of life, holding forth to the truth. I won't believe a lie. I won't believe that is you, you know, all sorts of flimsy doctrines that we've peddled in the church flimsy sometimes it's heartbreaking time that we can use to build people and establish them in the faith they've been told that it's it's some lipstick or some makeup or trousers lies from the pit of hell someone says they went to hell they saw something and they came back unscriptural stuff and it's shocking that people don't want to study the real world word of life they'll rather believe the lie if i told you today if i announce now next week I had a vision of heaven and a vision of hell. Tune in. You'll be shocked how people will send the link and broadcast everywhere. They want to come and hear stories that are not verified, but we've invited you to come and hear the word of God. Come and hear real teaching, foundational teaching. Come and learn about repentance from dead works, Faith towards God, it's unlooking. You people are too serious in your church. Holding forth to the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. Does this make sense now? So this day, this this, this judgment seat, you'll find it in places planted in scripture called the day of Christ. Paul is saying, I don't know about you. On that day, I want to rejoice. It immediately tells you, I said it's conversation for another day. But there are some who, it won't be rejoicing. By the time they are stepping up from that podium, it won't be rejoicing. Paul is saying, I want to rejoice in that day of Christ. I also, I don't know about you. I've made my decision. This is what fuels me. When I wake up at five, I know he gave that instruction. I know he gave the instruction and I'll be able to say, dear Lord Jesus, I obeyed. I obeyed. I'm not standing in my confidence. I obeyed because you gave me the grace too. And he will scan it. <laughs> and we will tell you what that scanning is. is a, a fire scan. It's checking, is this gold? Is this silver? Is this precious stones? We'll talk about what that is shortly. Paul is saying to you and me, It says, on that day, I want to rejoice. It says that I have not run in vain. There are many who will discover that everything they've done, a lot of accomplishments, what we call legacy on this side. On that side, it is wood, it is stubble, and it is a. It says some will discover that they've just run in vain. Some will discover that they've labored in vain. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice as you open your heart to receiving the truth of God's word. That your labor will not be in vain. In the mighty name of Jesus, that on that day of Christ, we will stand by his grace and that will produce gold, we'll produce silver, we'll produce precious metals. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. I said, glory to God. So everything we do, our works, will be tried. Remember, not because those works will save you. The foundation has been laid already, but we build upon it. That scanning process is checking for some things. Let me show us in scripture. I will just mention this because really where we want to go to is Gold, silver, precious stones. Your works, my works, our works will be checked for our motive. Why did you do it? What was your motive? And I'll tell you the motives that produce gold, silver, and precious stones. Our works will be checked for the basis with which we did it. Did you do it in accordance So your own leading? Or was it a response to an instruction? Either instruction from scripture or instruction by the spirit? I will tell you the right basis that will produce gold, silver, and precious stones. All of this is from scripture. Most importantly, remember part one was was repentance from dead works. Christ will also scan. This thing you did, this great thing you did, this crusades, these services, this let God arise, these prophecies, these words of knowledge, these amazing healings, these great things you did. Powered by who? You know, you watch some major events and you you see powered by or sponsored by. In the same way, everything we do in the kingdom, it has sponsored by. And if it is another sponsor, it is wood, hay, and stubble. You know, some people go to extreme lengths to stage miracles and they claim that at least it's attracted souls. They will stage miracles. They will, they, will, they will tell someone, you know, you are the one that will fall. You are the one that will faint. You will say you were sick. You are the one that you died. All sorts. And we forget that we will stand. <laughs> and having done this, this, this fire scan, it calls it the day of Christ. It's eternity, remember? So we are not in the area. There's no, there's no ticking time. Everyone's works will be made manifest. It will be checked. What was your motive? What was your basis? What, 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 who or what powered it? If it's going to be gold, if it's going to be silver, if it's going to be precious stones, number one, the motive must be to the glory of God. Everything you and I do that is not to the glory of God will not produce gold, silver, precious stones. It will produce wood, a and stubble. This, is, this should be the consideration of the believer. Not, will I, Father, as I sleep, I, I, if anything, I want to wake up. You will wake up. The question is, are you building on this foundation? And it is the motive to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 and 2. You can write it down for those writing. It says, I can do all sorts but if it's not out of love for the Father, if it's not for His glory, He says, I am, it, it, it's just noise, clinging symbols. Is it to the glory of God? Motive, it will be checked. What's the basis? Is it in obedience to God? For those writing, you can write down Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23. Have I done it as a response in obedience to God? And is He powered by His Spirit? Was it sponsored by the Spirit? Did, the, w- did we declare when God did not declare? Did we do in our flesh? Did we produce dead works? If we did, he says, Don't worry. You'll be saved as though saved through fire, but you will discover that it's just a lot of hay, a lot of grass, a lot of stubble. Your works, my works, will be checked for our motives to the glory of God, for our basis. In obedience to God, mm. and what power did sponsored by the Holy Spirit? Everything you do, if you this is not whether it was good, it was bad. This is not whether you got an award, you got the Nobel Prize, you got an humanitarian recognition. All those things only count on this side. He's saying, was it to the glory of God, or was it for the glory of man? Was it to get human awards? Mm. Was it in obedience to God or were you chasing someone else's trajectory? Was it sponsored by the Holy Ghost or was it done in the flesh? Did you do it with your own power? Did you do it with your own strength? Our works, our works will be judged. Our works will be judged. Our finances also, our talents. You know what? Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 and verse 15. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 and verse 15. Matthew 25, verse 14 and verse 15. It says, The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Somebody says, goods. He delivered, this is really talking about grace. He gave them spiritual. We are reading with the lens of the spirit now. He gave them spiritual blessings. He gave them supernatural abilities. He gave them divine uh, exemptions. He delivered something to them. Unto one, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two. To another, he gave one. Everyone, according to their ability, according to that measure of grace that has been doled out to you. He says, and straightway, he took his journey, knowing that a day Of reckoning is coming. And this is how I interpret this be careful what you are paid for, because you will have received your reward. Abilities by the Spirit of God will give account. Was it to His glory? Remember? Was it in obedience to Him? Was it powered by His Spirit? Will give account. It will check is this gold? Is this silver? Is this precious stones? Or is this wood? Is this A? Or is this double? This, I believe, is the kind of message, the body of Christ. Over time, of course, as we, as we extend the kingdom of God and as we, as, as we push the agenda for the, for the advancement of his lordship in our hearts and in our territories, we must constantly remind ourselves, must be to the glory of God, in obedience to divine instruction, powered by the Spirit. <laughs> because like Paul, that day, I want to rejoice. I want to rejoice. I want to stand there smiling, saying, look at what grace can do. Look at what grace can produce in a life. And people are saying, oh, and and let me tell you, some that we don't rate on earth, they will be, not they will, we will will be the ones rejoicing, and this is really the eternal rejoicing. Remember, our topic is eternal judgment. Our talents will be scanned, we will be judged. Our finances, and let me just say something here. As far as money is concerned, it's become very touchy in the church today. It's a conversation that we have two extreme camps. Two extremes. You have people who believe that we must talk about it. It's the only way you're going to be blessed. It's the only way we're going to advance the kingdom. I must challenge you. I must push you. I must, you know, and we've seen people abuse that we've seen people abuse that people who have no call nothing just start a church so they can collect offerings call some funny seeds tell them i'm now the prophet of your life bring everything to me and we've seen it abused and we find those on the other extreme who are saying freely have we received everything in christ keep your money you don't even have to give if you don't want to give you know just because we don't want to look like we're after your money, which is true. And as we always say in this ministry, whenever we see extremes, our goal is not midpoint. Our goal is scripture. What what is the position of scripture on this? What is the position of scripture on this? Matthew chapter 6, because you are going to stand, I am going to stand before him, and he's going to ask me, if I taught you the right thing, and I will say, Father, I didn't tell them my ideas. I told them your word. And this is it. Because it says, everything will be revealed. Everything will be revealed. So maybe today's teaching also will be revealed. And Jesus will say, You were taught, you were told. This is not an attempt to to rid you of your finances or to abuse you, you, you know, just because others have done so. This is you taking responsibility. I am a kingdom steward and I will give account to the master. That is really the position of scripture. I am a kingdom steward and I will give account to the master. I got blessings, I got promotions, doors were open, instructions came, says, do this for my glory, give this for my glory, sow this for my glory, instructions came, I chose to disobey, and I will give account of my disobedience. I watched a YouTube video, and somebody said, don't pay tight again, and I will stand before him and say, I watched the YouTube video, and I stopped paying tight, and it will be rewarded, it's 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 okay, but you will stand and give account. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Uh, You see why we can't rush today? Because I can't squeeze everything. Let's settle this for the believer. Judgment for rewards. For the believer. We will all stand before the judgment seat. Judgment for rewards. Judgment for rewards. Judgment for your pastors. (laughs) All of us, your leaders. Judgment for rewards. Hmm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and verse 20. This is Jesus speaking. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Hmm. So this is Jesus telling you, telling me, there are earthly investments and there are eternal investments. Yes, we will trade on earth. We will do investments here. We will, we will be very blessed in accordance with scripture. We will propagate and advance the kingdom. Yes, it says, but the real, uh, the real avenue to doing that is in verse 20. It says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through, nor steal. So it's my duty not to bend your hands, not to squeeze money out of your hand, not to challenge you to, to, to do something drastic, but to remind you, if indeed you believe he is Lord, you will stand before him and give stewardship of your finances. How you chose to trust him or did not trust him for provision. How you took responsibility for your own life. And said, say, God, Stay there. My money, this is my money. This is my money. Is it for His glory? Is it in obedience to His leading? Is it powered by the Spirit of God? Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. As we begin to tie up this evening, I want you to hold on to these words and to remember it dearly that my existence on earth, this is really what it means to live a life of purpose. Everything he has asked me to do, I will do it as unto the Lord, to his glory. Everything I have been instructed to do, I will do it by his grace. And I will not do it in my flesh. There are things that if you attempt to do it in the flesh, you will burn out very quickly. And it will not be able to produce gold, silver, and precious stones. So someone is saying, PD, what what is gold? What is silver? What is precious stones? Hmm, All in scripture. I think we talked about this in... Understanding priesthood part one. When God gave Moses instructions for the materials that will be used to construct the tabernacle materials like gold, hmm. someone is getting it now, a building. Materials like silver, materials like precious metals, precious stones. Yes, wood had a role to play, wood, and I'll tell you what wood is. Wood had a role to play, but not grass. Not stubble, not A. Those ones will fade away. Those ones will burn, including wood. It will fuel fire. It won't come out. Eliciting any reward. What is gold? What exactly is gold in? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. As we begin to round up this evening. It says, now if any man builds upon this foundation, gold, 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 as we saw in the old covenant, was a picture of God's glory. It will tell, it will tell Moses, it will say, You make make whether it was the box or whether it was the altar, it says you get shit wood, which is talking of humanity. Get shit wood, and you will coat it either side with gold. He's saying that you will have this, this this treasure, all right, in earthen vessels. The gold is talking about God's glory, it's talking about divinity. Divinity. Silver there, as we learned in that same teaching, is talking about redemption. Silver was a tool for buying back. Buying back. He's saying for redemption. Redemption. Precious stones. (laughs) I have a funny joke. If we have any friend watching, any of my friends from high school, (laughs) I will never forget this sudden geography exam we had one day. The teacher just entered into the class. And I I will never forget question one. I think I've forgotten the other questions. Question one. What are lava domes? (laughs) (laughs) I'm having flashbacks as I'm speaking. And since then till date, this is how many years after now, we can run into each other and laugh about it. And the the code word is lava domes are domes. (laughs) What they are or what they do, we do not know. But it, it just takes very basic, basic geography to know that precious stones are a product of pressure. Precious stones are a product of pressure. Precious stones. We, we don't have time to go into the geography of formation of diamonds and and onyx and all these so-called precious things. They are products of repeated years of pressure. So he's saying that every work, every talent, every finance, it will produce gold if it is. It will produce silver if it is. Precious stones if it is. Are you getting it this evening? Are you seeing it this evening? Gold, they're always a picture of his glory, of the divine life. He's saying that your works... Everything we did that counted for the divine life, that is what we passed through the fire. The ones we did that counted for redemption, what's redemption? The buying back of souls. Did you go? Did you go out? Did you go out? Your works, did it bring people to Jesus? Or were you building your own empire? Did you go? Did you give? Did you groan towards redemption? Did you go on your knees to pray for the salvation of souls? Did you trust God for that sin around you or did you judge them? Oh, you even so, so, so unbelieving. Did it count for the divine life? Did it count for laboring in the place of His presence? Did it count for redemption? Did it count for precious work there? It is, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Did it count for, for producing something glorious as a product of pressure? The disciplines of the spirit, the work it does in us, molding, making, it's, it's like that that like that entity breaking out of that cocoon and showing this transformed metamorphosed. That really is what it is. Did you allow, did these works, are they in similitude of transformation? Does it look like it was a larva that went in and it was a butterfly that came out? Or are, or, are we, or is it just vibes to you? Eternal vibes. Hmm. Or is it wood? God's plan for wood was never for wood to remain wood, but for wood to experience the divine life. If it remains wood, it will not come through the fire. It will burn. So he's saying things we did in the flesh for the flesh. Grass and stubble, those are complete. These are not even dead works. These are works that are not dignified with any adjective. Empty works. Empty works. He says, if any man's work abide, that which he built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Reward for investments in the divine life. Rewards for efforts towards redemption. Praying for lost souls. Going, giving, groaning everything we do as a ministry, everything we do is connected to this tree. Any one thing we are doing as a church that is not committed to divine life, that is not committed to the redemption and buying back of souls and to the transformation of the spirit in the life of the believers, if we've been doing it, we are stopping it immediately. Our daily prayers, all our services, everything connected to to, this is it. Because we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And like Paul, I want to rejoice in that day. I want you to rejoice in that day. To say, Father, thank you for the gifts that you gave to us. You gave us someone who taught us the word, that showed us that we are secure in you, and that we will stand before you. And we heard your word, we received it. I did this to your glory. I gave to advance your kingdom. And it was not my money. We say things like, it's my money, it's my life, I'll do whatever I like with it. All these pastors, all they just want to do is to, is, to, is to buy jets all day, all day. We will all stand. If you are a believer, that is because I need to be careful the way I'm saying we shall all. is not, it is we believers. We saved. We shall all stand. For those who are not saved, please, I was going to say join us next week. But please, today, 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 give your life to Jesus. And receive the fullness of his life. But join us next week to find out what is the destiny of unbelievers. The judgment of the nations. The great white throne judgment. Join us next week. We'll start next week by God's grace. If Jesus tarries these rewards, we'll talk about some of the rewards. And then we'll touch on the judgment of the unbelievers. Judgment of the nations and the great white throne judgment. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said, glory to God. Hmm. A lot has been said this evening and I'm trusting the spirit of the Lord to brood over our hearts and to give life to these words that we will stand and give account. It will be checking, did it produce the divine life? Did it produce efforts at redemption? Did it align with the transformative work of the Holy Spirit, producing precious things out of that similitude of pressure did you do it to the glory of god did you do it in obedience to his leading was it sponsored by his spirit if it was then you can be sure that you will rejoice in that day for we shall all stand before the judgment seats of christ why don't you just take a minute and let's thank him first for the foundation that i am saved that i am saved if there's anything I want you to leave this evening with first, is this assurance, if you are saved, that you are saved, his blood was good enough, that you are saved. This, this salvation he gave to you, it's, a, it's the real salvation that you are saved. Rejoice in him. I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. And I have also been engraced, not just to, not just to go before him with a foundation and say, Christ, this is the foundation you gave me. Take it. Hmm. That is sounding familiar now. This is the one you gave me. Take it back. This is the foundation you gave me. Take it. He said, No. Having received this foundation, we build on it. We build, we build on it. The works. He says, Having been confident in this, that we can labor, labor for the kingdom. Now your efforts make sense. When the Spirit of God wakes you up in the middle of the night, when He tells you, Take this thing and take it there, all those things now make sense. It now makes sense. It now makes sense it now makes sense you i won't be able to say i didn't hear i didn't know it will say i gave you my word i gave you my spirit i gave you my spirit was jesus telling us in the account of the rich man and lazarus that one of the main regrets he said please i didn't know this eternity eternity thing was real can you please just permit me to go back and warn the people and he says no we they have the prophets they have moses they have the it's like me saying to you we, we have scripture we have multiple places preaching and teaching the true word. Yes, there are a lot of fakes. There are a lot of jokers out there. But you cannot claim that you don't. You've, you've not had an opportunity to hear the true word of God. He's saying that those that will refuse will refuse. You don't need an angel. You don't need a, a a. Which is why when people come and say, "Oh, they went to hell or they went to heaven and they are coming back," it is unscriptural. You can quote me anywhere. It is unscriptural. It is unscriptural. We have the word. We have the mind of the spirit revealed in scripture. Thank you, gracious Father. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for your word. Even as you work with us in preparation for the day, our seconds, our minutes, our hours, our time, our life, our relationships, now as purpose. Our, our decisions, our husbands, our wives, our children, our giving, our service in church, our service in the kingdom, our investment, laying up treasures in our make sense that will stand before you. By your grace to give account. Thank you, gracious Father. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed as a roundup this evening I'm led to pray for two categories of people the first category is you don't know Jesus you are not born again hmm. we will see more about that destination next week as we unveil the great white throne judgment it is that is not a judgment of reward it's a judgment of condemnation to eternal damnation and I'm not saying this to scare you I'm saying this to to tell you about the love of the father and how that conversation is none of your business it can inspire you to go around and preach this gospel and that's scriptural paul says knowing therefore the terror of god we persuade men we show up on saturdays on mondays we use our social media we tell our friends for those who will we know they will never receive the word we go on our knees and we pray for them and say father i am standing in the gap for this person let them not die in their sins let them not continue to enjoy whatever in them is fighting the gospel pull it down That the bulk of your prayer points will not be wood. It won't be hay. It won't be stubble. It won't be things that won't count. That you you will stand before Him. There will be no mention of these ephemeral things that we have chosen to to engulf ourselves with. I want to pray with that category one. Category two. Category two. You've struggled with this concept of being sure of your salvation you've never felt good enough i want to pray with you because i sense it is a stronghold in your mind and the truth is you will never be good enough i will never be good enough for him which is why he's not checking checking out my goodness the only one who is good enough is christ and you've accepted christ but there's just that tussle in your heart because of years of religion maybe it's your upbringing the church you grew up in how you were made to tip on toes, as though God is peeping through some lens in heaven and watching for you to slide a little and smite and spank you. I will join my faith with yours and trust the Lord for that stronghold to be broken, that you will now be free to live for Him, to walk in the liberty wherein you've been made free. To now go and now begin to build joyfully, to show up and say, "PD, I've been sleeping for so long. Now I'm ready to go all out and to serve God." What where, where is there in need? what's the plan for for saturday where are we going to oh i'm sorry i can't make it but i am you can be sure from 3 p.m to 4 i am on my knees praying. utterance on common utterance souls will come those ready it now makes sense it now makes sense it it makes sense now he says he's a rewarder of those who diligently god is a rewarder you can take it to the eternal banks God is a rewarder. He's the righteous judge. He says he has prepared his throne for judgment. If you're in category, category one, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. None of your works is good enough to save you. Only what Jesus did is good enough. I want you to say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you died for me I believe you were buried, and I believe that on the third day, you rose up from the grave. I believe you are alive today, and this moment, I receive your life, and I receive the grace to live a life that pleases you forever. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I hold my hands with your sons and your daughters some making this decision for the first time some rededicating their lives to you acknowledging the life that they have received acknowledging that this this sin has been judged permanently by the sacrifice of christ and that the foundation has been made access has been granted for them to enjoy eternal life i ask lord jesus that the grace to begin to build the grace to begin to build the grace to begin to 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 steward this new life let it be multiplied unto them we give you all the glory for in jesus name we have prayed in jesus name we have prayed category two father i join my hands in faith this moment with as many of your children who are struggling with the concept of accepting that you are that that you are at peace with them accepting that the works of christ are good enough those who are battling with the concept of this assurance of salvation and it is preventing them from living the life that will be rewarded it is preventing them from paying attention to advancing the kingdom and laying up treasures going and 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 and, and building gold building silver building precious stones and they are just they're saying has god forgiven has god not forgiven I break every stronghold of fear, every stronghold of ignorance, every stronghold of deception that is constantly lying that voice of the accuser. We silence you over that life in the name of Jesus. And I decree over your life that you are free to serve, you are free to fly, you are free to soar, you are free to begin to build, to hear the voice of the Spirit to obey and to begin to do it unto his glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, that on that day, When we all stand, it won't be tears that nothing pass through the fire. It won't be all wood. It won't be all stubble. It won't be all hay. It won't be all grass. It'll be the divine life. It'll be works, activities towards redemption, labors towards the salvation of souls, labors towards the transformation of lives by the Spirit, producing precious, strong, beautiful lives. We give you all the glory, Father, because we know it is done. For in Jesus' matchless name, we have prayed. Glory to God. Come on, come on, come on. If you can, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving. You can give our email at info at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. But it's doing amazing things now, miss. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.